and welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan, and that's not Matt. It's Rachel D. Hey, Rachel D., hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. What, 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 what? Um, and so if you don't know what we're talking about, you don't have a title subscription uh, or the internet uh, or, or, or anything. Or your eyeballs. Or your eyeballs. So I don't and re- your ears. <laughs> and so I don't really know how you found this without finding Beyonce's album uh, Lemonade, which came to us uh, a few days ago uh, as of this recording. Uh, Matt and I were planning on discussing um, Weezer's uh, recent self-titled album, but that just got swept away in a wave of Beyonce. Uh, the, this album uh, was was once again Beyonce'd uh, uh, as it did. And, you know, when we uh, when Beyonce Surprise released her self-titled album back in uh, 2013, um, you know, we said that all music is now Beyonce. And, and you know, in that time, beyonce has become a verb for um, for Surprise releasing an album. Uh, and, and she Beyonce'd and she, and she post-Beyonce'd. She more than Beyonce'd. Uh, because now that everyone is releasing Surprise albums, releasing visual albums, um, she, I think, won up to all of them, right? And, and that this is, uh, this is an album that that uh, debuted uh, via a screening on HBO uh, with a, a feature-length um, visual album experience or film uh, or what a, or, or a kind of long music video um, that is uh, is is both similar to but also kind of different from um, the visual album uh, that was presented in 2013. Uh, so there's a lot. So you know, if you uh, if you have title, you've watched this. Um, if you don't have title, you still may have found this on the waffles. Uh, uh, or on on the many YouTube uh, pieces and uh, snippets of either the whole album or um, or or elements of these songs that have cropped up and then disappear. Uh, and you know, it, it's kind of like a uh, a Beyonce Hydra where uh, w- that you someone posts one track, it gets taken down, and then nine more versions of it spring up. Um, so get a hold of this. I mean, again, if you if you are uh, in the zeitgeist at all, if you have if you have any interest. In, in what's going on, uh, in the world. Uh, and even if you're not sure you do, um, get, get a hold of, of Lemonade. Um, and I definitely recommend, um, checking out the, the visual album. I think that, uh, you know, we talk a lot about finding the canonical version. And usually that's with reference to not listening to the bonus tracks, um, on an album or kind of figure out where the album, uh, albumness resides. And I think here the albumness really very much resides in the visual album. So if you if you can get the visual album, the um the the hour and change length um uh video track, uh that's what you want to get your hands on by whichever way you do. Um and uh so really take some time, sit down, watch it. Um the the geniuses over at Genius have already um started to to transcribe and annotate um and so it's pretty good. It actually does lend itself to reading along uh if not with the annotations, just with the words. Um, because in addition, uh, uh, in addition to the actual songs themselves, um, there are spoken word interludes that are based um, uh, by on poetry by a British uh, British uh, Somali po- uh, poet. Um, and uh, and a lot of visuals. So this is something you know. Give Lemonade several spins, uh, both audio and visual. Um, and meet us here to talk all things uh, Beyonce uh, after this word from our commercial sponsors. 
Are you thirsty? For water? I I think so. (laughs) Well, it seems a little too hot for water. I mean, don't you think something a little more tart might quench your thirst? Well, I know when I'm thirsty, I'm trying to make the best out of a situation by centering attention to myself. So I guess I'm making... I don't know. Do I want limeade? I'm glad that you are letting a man tell you what you want. I think you want lemonade. That's what. That's how this. That's how this is going. <laughs> awesome. You're gonna have lemonade because I say so. Cool. Don't you feel better? Not really. Why are you being so crazy? Wait, I'm sorry. What? Lemonade, because we don't gaslight you, you gaslight yourself. And we're back. <laughs> and we are back. And I think it's interesting. I think that ad is totally not at all what this album is like. <laughs> so, but I think it is this interesting. Um, I think it's a really. I, I think it's a. It's a good place to start. Uh, though no, because you taking the conk. I feel like it would be wrong for me to ask the ask any questions of this album or of you mm-hmm. in relation to this album. Oh, I, no, I mean, it, it's okay. You can ask me a question. I mean, I, I think we're equals here. I, I think so, too. But that's, I think it seemed like you were about to ask me a question. Was I about? I don't know. That's my question. My question is. Oh, your question is, am, I was sorry about to ask yes, you Were you about to ask me a question? <laughs> I was not, actually. Miss Rachel. So, wait, Rachel, I actually have a question for you. Oh, no. What is it? Uh, Rachel, why did you sleep with Jay-Z? Like, I heard someone named Rachel slept with Jay-Z. Why did you do it? B emoji, B emoji, lemon emoji, B emoji. I mean, it's true. My name is Rachel. (laughs) And all Rachels have slept with Jay-Z. All of them have. No, let's... Why do you do it? (laughs) Why do I do it? It's the drive of all Rachels everywhere to sleep with (laughs) Jay-Z. It's just something that it's just... It's passed on from generation to generation of Rachels. Uh, I guess as a bit of context, for those of you who have not been following um, the Lemonade news cycle, we're now we're not we're not, we're now past the twenty uh, four hour news cycle, and we're now just in a Lemonade news cycle. Uh, we're in a Beyonce news cycle where the news cycle just moves by things that happen to to the Beyonce does. Um, that this is an album that is about infidelity, that is about Jay Z's infidelity, um, and and uh, and is something that's been talked about a lot for a while, um, at least for the last two years or so, maybe a little longer, um, uh, with a lot of uh, TMZ-level gossip uh, reporting around this. Um, and and so this is an album that talks, it turns both frankly and also kind of enigmatically about infidelity. Um, and one of the, the specifics uh, is that there is a speci- there's a line that really uh, is central to a lot of the kind of gossip discussion around this album. Right? There's two things that have immediately happened once this album was surprise released. One is the, the kind of artistic discussion um, about its impact, about the stunning visuals, about the production, about the songwriting, and then the other is the gossip conversation. Mm-hmm. And they kind of coincide, right? They weave in and out because of the subject matter. Um, and they the this nexus point is um, on the song Sorry, uh, the line um, Better Call Becky with the Good Hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the, the sleuths out there wanted to find out who Becky was. 
Um, and, uh, and one of the possible, um, uh, culprits is the, um, Fashion designer Rachel Roy, uh, who shortly within 24 hours of the song coming out, um, posted a selfie and included the statement, good hair, don't care. Um, and I believe a hashtag involving no drama. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or live drama, f- live drama free. Live, live, live blessed, blessed drama free. Hashtag blessed, hashtag authentic, authentic, organic, organic hashtag. Right. And so the, you know, Rachel Roy was attacked by the Bayhive um, online with a lot of bees and lemon emojis. But so was Rachel Ray, uh, the the person who makes 30-minute meals. So that's, you know, this is why I, too, by, I mean, by, the, the, thing by is, the like power of deduction, I also have slept with Jay-Z. I just want to say that when you make 30-minute meals, that definitely leaves a lot of extra time to sleep with other people's husbands. Totes. Totally. <laughs> Totally. It's interesting because you said, um, you know, what this album is about. And, you know, I think, you know, actually, I do have a question for you. Yeah. What is this album about? And you, you you kind of started at that. But, you know, is it about Jay-Z and Beyonce? Is it not? Um, I think that what is this album about? I mean, well, that that is... I think that it's about a lot of things, I, but I think that it is about it is an examination of infidelity, right? So that it's it's it is that that you know that this actually so okay, not even the what is this about? I think I'm going to reframe the question to what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I would say that this is a a uh, this is. Uh, Beyonce's doctoral dissertation on the subject of infidelity. Mm. Um, and so that, uh, and the primary research design, uh, is a case study. Um, so that, so that what, what this album is, is a case study of infidelity. Um, but, it, but in service of a broader sociological theory of, of infidelity. Um, so that, um, because, I think that that's what situates, um, the, the kind of specifics of details, um, about, um, Jay-Z and Beyonce's relationship. I mean, especially on songs like, uh, Hold Up, there are the most kind of autobiographical details. Um, and, uh, there, you know, Jay-Z in the visual album appears, uh, I believe in the song Sandcastles, um, and in the last song, uh, in the last song as well. Um, I believe it's all night. Um, and so, but that, that there are also kind of more broad, um, references to, um, the experience of black women more generally and kind of experience of black women and their, their relationship with their romantic partners and with their fathers. Um, and this was like a theme that was hinted at when formation was released back in January or in February. Um, and it's something that I think is cashed out even more here, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think that, and so the other way that I kind of think of this as a, uh, uh, dissertation on infi- infidelity, uh, infidelity is that, um, is that she's very assiduously cites her sources. Um, and, and that this is something, um, that this is, there are, when you start to read the credits, right? So when the credits roll on the visual album, um, uh, like any film, there are, are music credits and there are actually credits of like the writing of all the songs. And this, this is now in the, you know, last, um, 
three days been transcribed uh, into into both uh, Rap Genius and Wikipedia, and you see that you know the the big thing that uh, everyone goes to is who has co writing credits on these songs. Like Father John Misty wrote co wrote a song, and Ezra Koenig uh, from Vampire Weekend, and uh, and Diplo, um, and oh, the Dream has a co writing credit, and you, you you start to see all of these uh, co writes. But as you then listen to the albums, um, and uh, and kind of parse the sample like what where things came from you realize that credit is attributed very freely um and so uh in any small element of melody or lyric that is that is attributed um it's cited right and and i again i say cited because that's what it feels like uh with the best example of this being um on the on um six inch uh the song that features the weekend um there's a line in i think it's in a bridge um that uh that both melodically and lyrically uh, is similar to Animal Collective's My Girls. Mm-hmm. And so they get a co-writing credit. And in a way, you know, in a paper, this would be a footnote, right? right. Like, <laughs> it'd be, you know, it's like, I don't care about material things. You know, footnote six, you know, Lennox Portner at all, um, 2009 <laughs> Meriwether Post Pavilion, right? Like, um, and so that, that this is, and, and that there are all of these pieces of reference, um, whether it is musical, um, lyrical, poetic, visual, um, autobiographical, um, and so on are, are kind of all the sources that are cited to create this meditation on the causes of infidelity. Um, and so it's, so kind of going back to your questions, it isn't about Jay-Z, she, you know, Beyonce so much as, cause that is a much more agency based, um, view of the, that I think that this ascribes to, right? That, that I think that this is kind of, uh, starts to, postulate uh, um and a view that there are certain kinds of relationships um or relationship dynamics that are are structural um and encoded in this kind of intersectional relationship of of race and gender um that kind of perpetuate this and that this is an instance of that um and so that the way to break that and it talks about breaking spells and breaking curses near the end mm-hmm. um and that the ways to do that are not to enact the, the there are rituals associated with perpetuating that that i think have to do with anger and violence and kind of you know these tropes of throwing all the clothes out of the window i mean right to putting things to the left to the left everything that you own in a box to the left right that right. that is so that you know we are we are both past um uh, uh, irreplaceable, right? We're past putting everything in the box to the left. We're past, um, we're well, well past putting a ring on it. Um, that, that the way in which you kind of, um, move on is by, I, I mean, it seems like in some ways actually subverting the expectation that you will kind of blow everything up, right? So that there is anger, right? That, and especially early in the album um, and the video for Hold Up really showcases this um, mm-hmm. by both kind of certain kinds of of shade throwing and then her like strolling through the streets, smashing things with a baseball bat. Um, but like the one thing that she doesn't, uh, the one thing that Beyonce does not smash with her baseball bat is her marriage, right? <laughs> um, so I don't know. Those are some of my reads. I mean, where, where, where is your kind of interpretation of the album? What are kind of uh, what, themes or, um, or, or other ways of kind of viewing this that you saw? Yeah, no, I, I do view it as, um, 
as like a dissertation on infidelity. Uh, you know, it's funny because I think when we were listening to this the first few times, we were like, this is like Beyonce's cremaster cycle. And I saw Meredith Graves said that as well on her Twitter feed. Oh, really? Yes. Of, of, of perfect pussy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that is like, I feel like, you know, maybe one feels that way watching this and listening to it because there is this, there's an arc, there's a through line, right? Um, there's, there's like a staging and there's a, there's a cycle that, that is, um, on this album, right? And it's in the visual album, there's actually titles for it. Um, it's like the different stages of, I guess, I don't know, like grief, right? Uh, you know, she, it, it, she adds a few though. Yeah. Right? She, she adds, adds a few. She adds about six to the, the stages she, yeah. of, of uh, like the, the, many of them like anger and denial mm-hmm. are related to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of death and dying, but there's a, a few more. There's a few more, right. There's, uh, there's a few more, um, but there's a cycle, right. And there's a through line, um, <laughs> and there's a kind of a, an advancement, there's a cycle, an advancement and like emotional cycle, um, in this album and in the visual, in the visual movie, really. It's, it's like a, it's like an art piece. Um, and I do think it is, you know, it, I, I think your description of dissertation is really fitting, right? It's, it's like a rumination on one case of infidelity, but it's also, um, it's more abstract than that. And it's more conceptual than that. And I think one of the ways that, you know, conceptually, it sort of ties to some of the things you're talking about, out about like sort of relating this case study to the experience of of like black women in general. Um, I think there's a lot in the lyrics that kind of tie in some way. The way infidelity is discussed, it like really it draws in in my mind the parallels to the way like abusive relationships work. Right. And, um, you know, in particular, like the, the, the first song, um, you know, really starts out with, I think like a very interesting, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, the lyrics are about wanting, you know, I pray that I hear you whispering. I pray that you catch me listening. I'm praying that you catch me. Um, you know, kind of both, both wanting to like really corroborate the suspicions of the dishonesty and then, you know, wanting the partner to hear her. I, I feel like there's something there about kind of like the way, the way like abusive partners, you know, can, can gaslight their partners, right. And can make them believe, you know, that something is that, that they're not, that their perceptions and intuition are, are wrong. Right. And, and I think that's, that's here. Well, it is like, I mean, this is the realization I came to while doing the improvised ad is that like advertising is, is, ultimately a lot of gaslighting um, <laughs> as well right that it's trying to um you know convince you that you need something or don't need something that you are in a certain way right right like, right <laughs> and it's also manipulative right it's this way to sort of have you distrust your own instincts and your own feelings um you know it's it's you know and again like, so that you know this is like a very specific kind of like tied to these like this like kind of feeling of like the specificity of this situation of infidelity. Right. But again, like that, that kind of like feeling of being manipulated in that particular way of the gaslighting and of being told not to trust your own feelings and intuitions. It's kind of a part of, again, a larger structural like gaslighting of women culturally, you know? Um, it, it actually like, it reminds me a lot of if, 
what is the Kathleen Hanna movie called? Uh, the Punk Singer. The Punk Singer. Um, the documentary about Kathleen Hanna. Um, and I guess, well, spoiler, like, uh, you know, the documentary kind of ends with the reveal that, uh, Kathleen Hanna has had Lyme's disease for years and it's been untreated because every time she went to the doctor and told them that she felt like shit, no one took her seriously and no one listened. No one listened or took her seriously or, or validated her experiences. And as a result, did no tests. Like. And, and as a result, did no tests. And she was left untreated for years to a point where there's like extremely, you know, extreme damage done to her body and to her health that's irreversible. Um, and I do think there's something like, that's like, again, the specificity of that. That's Kathleen Hanna's story. But, you know, she, she saw it. And I think Beyonce sees it too, that like this kind of form of gaslighting and not validating the experience of women is something that does have the irreversible physical and mental toll on women and emotional toll on women as a whole in general. It's not just these specific instances. I mean, I think that there is, and I think that that is this interesting thing where, I mean, this comes up um, when we were talking about this earlier, that, you know, there are uh, people on the internet who are like, this isn't about Jay-Z, like, or like, what, or are they, are they even comes like, well, Jay-Z didn't do this, so this can't be, like, based on truth, right? This isn't real. Uh, Like, is that some of the discourse that's starting to happen, or what is the shape of the discourse that you are seeing around the specific album? I think, I think people think it's, like, how I think people are just sort of like surprised that there'd be so much vulnerability like this on this album and not have there be like some sort of factual corroborating statement about their marriage or what happened. I think it's, I think there's something disconcerting to people about hearing all of this. And it so clearly seems to be directed to Jay Z. And yet there's not like this factual press release there isn't this press release or even this like catharsis like i've heard people say like well (laughs) she's probably getting divorced and i mean i don't think anyone has like that's not a thing that's not factual or or verified it's just that i think there's a sense of like well there must be this like there must be this like factual corroborated timeline that we all need to know like like why do we need to know who becky is we don't need to know who (laughs) becky is like we don't need to know it doesn't matter right it's just like there is a Becky, right? There's like a Becky for everyone, right? There's it doesn't matter if that's Rachel Ray or Rachel Roy or me, Rachel Ra. <laughs> it doesn't really matter who the Rachel is. If there if it's even a Rachel, it may actually be a woman named Becky. Uh-huh. You don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. The one thing that I know for sure, I know very few things anymore, but the one thing that I know is that Becky is a Rachel. <laughs> If, 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 if Becky isn't a Rachel, then what is real? What is there at all if, if that's not true? At yeah, all? where does the art and the real life disintegrate? Where, where is the line drawn? <laughs> but I, yeah, I think it's hard for me. I, I mean, it's hard for me. I, I say hard for me. It's hard for me. I, I listen to this and I'm like, 
these things that are being said are so obviously about Jay Z. They're so well. I think that directed I, to him. What I was going to say is that like they are. Uh, I think that part of what creates that uncertainty, and that, you know, there may have been other ways in which has crept into music, or there may be other. Um, I mean, there are certainly other songs and albums that are are like this, but this is like uh, exemplary in that it is an album length subtweet, right? Um, and so, right, sub subtweeting is this practice um, that evolved on Twitter. And I think it has antecedents in other kinds of of discourse of you are you are um, calling out someone in particular um, without mentioning them by name, mm-hmm. right? And and so I, I you know and and it, it relates to you know it's adjacent to other kind of contemporary social media informed practices <laughs> um, of of of, uh, of of throwing shade and um, I believe sipping tea. <laughs> Right, these are all kind of related yeah. uh, practices of kind of disparaging people without calling them out by name, right? Um, and it's a a kind of evolution of of dissing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it and it's interesting because that there is a sense that this has that. Um, this has that subtweeting character characteristic in that there are are there is specifics without. That it it kind of approaches specificity asymptotically, right? That uh, and I think that the 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 kind of most asymptotic, right? So in that it's that it kind of it never she never says Jay Z's name. Mm-hmm. Right, um, you know, uh, you know that she never. It's and 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 she drew that line herself, right? Uh, in, in in her earlier right to to cite uh, her first pub uh, one of her earliest pub- published volumes, uh, Knowles et al. Uh, uh, two thousand something. Uh, say my name. Say my name. Say my name. <laughs> <laughs> right, and so she does not uh, on the uh, uh, on 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 the the dynamics of names and. Uh, and accountability in relationships, uh, and, and uh, regarding infidelity, um, that she does not say uh, say his name, um, but it's the, in hold up especially, right? Like the um, especially the second verse um, is is like it, it, this is where it really approaches that line without without mm-hmm. uh, coming equivalent with it, right? So the lyric is: Let's imagine for a moment that you never made a name for yourself or mastered wealth. Um, they had, they had you labeled as a king, never made it out the cage, still out there moving in them streets. Never had the baddest woman in the game up in your sheets. Would they be down to ride? Um, no, they used to hide from you, lie to you, but y'all know we were made for each other. So I find you and hold you down. Um, and so I think specifically beyond there kind of being this kind of idea of, you know, speaking to someone on the one hand, it's like, all right, this is, could be any character speaking of any kind of, um, you know, powerful man kind of, but like, there's like, there's several pieces of specificity. So the specific one is never had the baddest woman in the game, um, uh, up in your sheets. Um, so on public service announcement from, um, the black album, 2003's black album, Mm -hmm. um, he explicitly says, "Got the baddest chick in the name. Where uh, got the baddest chick in the game wearing my chain?" Um, mm-hmm. Referring to 
referring to Beyonce. Um, and then the other one is would the would they be down to ride is a construction um, and uh, uh, that is in um, Can I Get a right? And so that the, the, there are a number of these, and then this even this whole idea of kind of being on the streets and hustling uh, in the streets uh, and going from um, mm-hmm. uh, from from kind of drug trade drug hustler to um, superstar is his own narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And and it writes there. It's in um, dirt off your shoulder um, from uh, bricks to billboards, to, from Grams to Grammys, right? Um, and so that, like, so on the one hand, this is this feels vague, and on the other hand, it is it this is so specific. It is, it is so specific. <laughs> it is like deep cut level spe- uh, specific. I mean, again, there is a way, a sense in which this is what rap genius was made for. <laughs> no, well, I, I think and I think it's in sorry. I think she addresses big homie yeah this is, this is a jay-z reference like that's a that's a jay-z reference that's a name that has been bestowed to to jay-z it's not like it just is, i think that's what it there are these there's like vague enough but but not that vague uh references throughout this i guess let's talk more about hold up um though i think it's kind of extension of the of the first song too right it's 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 like a little bit of <coughs> excuse me um it's a little bit of i think still an extension of like the not knowing what to make of the intuition knowing something is wrong knowing something is like the anger starts starts here mm-hmm. yeah but it's a confused anger <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what are, are are there specific lines that you kind of hone in on as kind of um uh as as kind of like cueing that and and what that is and and what is it what is about that that is kind of really striking like amongst other kinds of songs uh, of this of this vein? I you know I think it's um I think the kind of the confusion right the, it's it's like she's she's angry she she knows something is wrong she knows something is up. She's going through, so, you know, she knows something is wrong, right? There isn't like the, the fear or the sort of maybe I'm wrong, but it's like kind of like there's a little bit of like these moments of internalized like self blame, like, oh, but did I? No, I didn't do anything. No, this isn't me. This has not, right? Like what? I think there's like a, there's something there that's a little bit of like this, confusion about how to feel about this she says i mean right the the lyrics in the first verse are something don't feel right because it ain't right especially coming up after midnight i smell your secret and i'm not too perfect to ever feel this worthless how did it come down to this going through your call list i don't want to lose my pride but i'm a fuck me up a bitch I know that, know that I kept it sexy know that i kept it fun there's something that i'm missing maybe my head for one Right, I think that ambiguity, though, right? She, she, she factually knows there's something that she's not missing, right? That has nothing to do with her. But then it's, it's maybe there, my head the, for one, right? So the, that's the um, it's there in the senses, and that's there in the first song. Um, it pray, pray you, um, pray you catch me, right? That she says. Um, that I smell your secret, right? And like, pray you, um, pray you catch me says, you can taste the dishonesty. Um, and later on it says, you know, nothing ever seems to hurt, right? That it hits almost all of the five senses. Right. Um, right. Like, right. As off. It's like the acrid thing that's in the room that is like off. 
Right, right, right. The wet fart of infidelity. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, I know something's wrong. You ate something terrible. (laughs) Maybe it was a meal that was cooked in 30 minutes or so. (laughs) What? (laughs) Your farts smell like Rachel Ray. (laughs) Uh, I also want to talk about Hold Up because... Let me let me just have. Wait, yeah, I have a question for you, Rachel. Yes, uh, How do you feel about actually being a closet Father John Misty fan? <laughs> I think I I think I've had to come to peace with it. But um, so this is a song, though. Here's what I want to say about this song: is it's perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, like every Father John Misty song. No! No, I can't. I can't with Father John Misty. You've been no. gaslit by this album into, into maybe it's wondering whether you like Father, Father John, John Misty. Misty. No, I, well, you know, this, so this song is a little loaded on the co-writing credits. Um, and I think in part because it has some of these interesting interpolations of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah songs maps uh, in the chorus. Uh, at the end, <laughs> uh, a very sing-songy version of Soldier Boy's Turn My Swag On. And then uh, it's a song produced by Diplo that also has vampire, uh, uh, like, writing credits from Ezra Koenig, um, Father John Misty, <laughs> and, and, and um, several other people, including, I think, uh, Mellow X who wrote the score for the visual album as well and is also a co-writer on Sorry. So again, I mean, this is to Ryan's point. There are a lot of citations on this song, but I just want to, I just want to back up on how great this song is and why I think it's so great. Uh, you know, and, and dip, you know, I want to thank everyone, including Diplo for that and Beyonce and just everyone for this. Um, it's a sample of, uh, a Andy Williams song, Right. Can I think it's can't stand losing you, but it's been looped in this way. Um, and, and like it's been looped in a way that made it sound like it was filtered through like the biggest boombox in space. Right. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It, it's, it's wonderful. And it, it, to me, it then makes it evoke very strongly something like, um, you know, like, like something coming out of like the major, like the warring, like speaker systems in Jamaica. Right. And like, like dance, like something rooted in like dance hall culture. Uh, it just well, and has, it has, and it has the air horn. It has the, wah, 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 wah. Uh, yeah. And so I think the whole, like the way the production of this song, um, takes this song and then loops it, it makes the whole thing sound like it's coming through. Yeah. Like it's coming through your speakers. It's coming through this like live streaming, um, kind of like pirate radio DJ, you know, DJ experience. Uh, and it's, <coughs> and it's great. I think, I think there's something very stirring and awesome about, um, about the way this loop has been made into, Kind of like a, a reggae song or, or a dance hall song. It's just, it's really phenomenal. Yeah, it strikes me that, I mean, this has a lot of, you know, it is interesting, right? That this feels like, you know, understanding this as a Diplo piece and, and these Diplo pieces kind of bookend the album because, um, he has a production credit on, um, on the, on the last track or like the last, 
um, pre-formation track, um, the all, all night, uh, as well. And these two are both, and that has a kind of, um, you know, also has a similar kind of reggae vibe or elements of that, especially in the horn sample, mm-hmm. um, and the way that it, that it plays out. Um, and it strikes me is that this, for me, is a return to form for Diplo of, you know, Diplo is now as well, last time we checked in with Diplo on this uh, podcast, right. That we, uh, talked about, um, him as a kind of this rising festival EDM st- uh, star. And, you know, we talked about Jack, U, uh, which we, we say, you know, we say Jack U a lot. So it's obviously an important text, right. <laughs> it our times like our citations have quite a few umlauts. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not because of all the, German contemporary theorists, uh, you know, it's because of of Jack U, uh, the uh, and uh, and it's the way that it kind of hang, hangs heavy over a lot of contemporary music, um, and this kind of is a little more in the major laser vein, and even kind of the pre yeah. the pre major laser, right? That mm-hmm. so. Um, I think specifically about, um, there was a mixtape that he did with Santa Gold. Um, um, I think it may have been even, it was either, it may have been before her first album came out, but uh, there was a, a, um, or it was, it was certainly before, um, Major Lazer. It was around 2008, 2009, um, is, is when this mixtape came out. I, I'll look up the tight, uh, the, the title and put it in the show notes. Um, and then the earlier one that I definitely do remember is MIA's Piracy f- uh, Funds mm-hmm. Terrorism uh, mixtape, um, which was the kind of very early uh, – the, the, when he was um, both uh, MIA's romantic partner um, and uh, DJ and kind of creative pr- pr- partner, producer, um, uh, they b- – before her uh, debut album, uh, Arielar, um, put, put out a mixtape that had a lot of these songs that was mashed up with um, – both hip hop and kind of various world musics, right? So that there is a sense of tapping into pirate radio, um, Diplo. And I, I think that there is, I mean, I think about this of, of thinking about pirate radio. We talked the last about pirate radio and kind of, you know, underground kind of informal radio stations, kind of citizen radio. Um, when we, uh, when, when you were on our clash episode, um, a while ago, almost, almost a year and a half, maybe almost two years ago now. Um, and I, and it kind of, interpreting London calling as a pirate radio of the, mm-hmm. of the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, of the kind of various kind of late, you know, late or like, uh, kind of post colony, uh, post British post colony. Um, and, and I think that what is interesting of thinking about this as an album of the era that we may be an, in the era of pirate radio, um, in that everyone has, um, access to the means of broadcast, right? And so that, and I think specifically about, um, that everything is, you know, no one listens to radio and everyone listens to radio, um, uh, these days. Um, in that, you know, you have, and I think that the thing that really uh, ties it together for me is, um, Beats One Radio, um, mm-hmm. right, as the, um, the channel that's associated with, uh, with Apple and Apple Music, where, like, is a kind of 24 hour global radio station that features shows by, like, Tons of musicians, right? The, the tons of musicians and music journalists have their shows and like more and more songs are being premiered on this. Um, and right. And so you get early versions of songs are like SoundCloud rips of songs that played, um, on like Hyams radio show, uh, or DJ. 
DJ Khaled's Beats One Radio Show, um, or or uh, and so on and so forth. And there's uh, there's a Run the Jewels uh, Beats One show, um, and I think that uh, title functions in that way as well. Um, in addition to SoundCloud, in addition to Bandcamp, mm-hmm. in addition to you know audit, artist curated Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. That that in being able to stream, we're moving into a world right where streaming is starting to to meet kind of live broadcast right in in the kind of live stream world or kind of instant release you're having this ability to kind of not just curate an album but kind of to dj um mm-hmm. something and kind of and and so that i think that that there is a sense in which like this is beyonce the dj right uh and, and i think that this is a contrast to what we talked about um is the mode of creativity and kind of um creative management that we talked about when we talked about taylor Swift's 1989 which is kind of this um manager right um kind of artist as manager and i think that there is something the in the even though this you know album was conceived over a long stretch of time right and elements were written and shot um uh, over a long period of time there's a sense um of it be, of it ultimately being kind of mixed together and put out on the fly and in that way you know the other thing that this is really of a piece with then uh, is life of pablo right mm-hmm. uh, the thing that you know and, and and i think that we are kind of understanding title as a venue for this kind of pirate pirate radio and you know as we talked about on the life of pablo podcast a few weeks ago that it it, it, it's i mean it's the revisions seem to have slowed down but who knows i mean especially you know now that somebody else is getting a lot of attention you know like i feel like kanye may um rev into high gear and like you know do uh do do something um uh particularly kanye-ish with uh life of pablo uh or we may may get another uh, transmission from um from Kanye's uh pirate radio barge. Yeah, no, it's that's interesting. I though it's funny, I don't see like lemonade as being like life of Pablo in that respect. Oh no. Because this is such a like there's such an end to this <laughs> to this album and it's so coherent and and whole already oh yeah there's a, a credit sequence right yeah there's a credit sequence like like this is done <laughs> if there were a credit sequence to life of pablo it would like involve then like as the credits were rolling kanye would stand up and be like no no no, 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 no wait, 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 wait 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 not done not done <laughs> like, wait, 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 i got this other thing that whoa, whoa. <laughs> i have this other thing to do um no and I, I do think i mean i think there is something here too about like and I think it really comes out in the visual album, this idea of like the, this is like the pirate radio station of like, like the female, like, like the black woman diaspora or something, mm-hmm. right? And I think you see that like reflected a lot in the visual album where there's a lot of these like visual, um, like visual references to different like West African cultures. In particular, I think there's the sorry video has a lot of women like, uh, like I think what's supposed to be Yoruba, like, like kind of styling and like face paint, you know, and I, I think there is this visually, there's a lot of stuff in the, in the, in the movie, the, or like the visual album that, that is linking that idea of like a diaspora, right? And like, again, linking back to the idea of the collective, like experience of black women. 
women, right? Yeah, and there is, I mean, there's a few other pieces um, that, that are repeated. I mean, one is the, um, I, like, visually is the dress that Beyonce wears. I, I think it appears during um, the James Blake song. Um, uh, in, and I in think the in video. the country song, the Daddy Lessons. It, I think, it, yeah, it does, it, it appears there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, or it, it appears, Right around that time. Um, yeah, I think in Daddy Lessons, and then I think again in Forward, um, and then again at the end. Right. Right? It's this kind of wax print, uh, this, this, this wax print, uh, dress that is, uh, a fabric and a style, a cut that is common, um, in, in West Africa. And then I think, uh, also in the video, but in the, the text, um, the other, the other piece here, right, is this Malcolm X, um, quote, um, right, that there is a, a Malcolm X, uh, quote, um, that, uh, mentions black women, and I'm, I'm trying to find it, um, right, uh, it, that, uh, let's see if I can find this, um, unfortunately, uh, when you Google image search, uh, this, uh, you search this in the lyrics, but he basically says that no one, like, is as, um, misunderstood or misrepresented. Or like dis- yeah, dis- like, disrespected, right? Yeah, and neglected, I think. He, I think the word neglected is used as well as, as a black woman. Right. Um, right. And, and, uh, yeah, so that, that is the, that, 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 that ties to what you were saying as well, right? Is that this is kind of connecting to an idea of, um, of, of a, of, of a diaspora, right? And so kind of like, so what is that, right? So like, I kind of honing in on this and you mentioned kind of the country song, um, you know, lyrically, but like, you know, do, do you have a sense of what that argument is or what the, what the idea is that is kind of connecting there, um, because it's there, but it's not, again, in, in the kind of subtweety way, it kind of draws in that there's a connection to an idea of, um, of, of this, uh, 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 focused on an experience of, of black women. But I mean, as, as neither of us being, you know, black women, uh, you know, what can you glean from the visual representation and musical representation, um, that kind of, gives you clues of what that is. Hmm. Um, I think, I mean, I think I kind of see it as like, this is a good question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to say like what exactly like the argument is exactly, or like what the, but, I think, you know, again, I think it's like goes back to this dissertation idea of like the case study is sort of like, and like the, this, the, the experience of this infidelity and this like very personal thing is something that is like broadened out to like a more larger political thing. Right. Um, you know, like the personal things are political and, you know, the, the experience of kind of like, you know, that Beyonce can also feel like vulnerable and confused and like, you know, and, and have, have a partner like, you know, be manipulative. Right. And, and, you know, and (laughs) have the men in her life like hurt her and be manipulative and, and, and like abusive through like the way they're manipulative. Um, 
you know, through infidelity is kind of like connecting to this larger, this larger sense of, you know, this like kind of larger, larger sense of like belonging to like belonging to like a larger, like a larger problem or a larger issue. This, this larger sense of, you know, these things are repeated over and over again, right? Like this, this is not just one person's relationship. This is like the, the collective repeating of these experiences and of like men, um, the place that men have, like, you know, men have in like these women's lives. Right. And the, and like the kind of domineering or like ways, the ways they domineer, like dominate or, or manipulate or hurt them. Um, and it's not just, it's not just an individual thing. It's this institutional thing, yeah. right? It's an institutional thing. It's, the it's like the recreation of like patterns of violence mm-hmm. right I, I mean i think that it ties a lot to like a lot of the you know the ties visual in the visual album too to like the black lives matter movement like these are not personal this is not just jay-z and beyonce's like you know marriage troubles this is like a larger thing about you know recreating these like patterns of hurt and violence Right. That are also tied to like the devaluing of, of black people in general. Right. It's like societally. And I'm, I'm having a hard time like saying like all the way, like pointing to each specific instance of how this happens, but you see it in the visuals and I think you hear it particularly in the visual album where like the poetry, um, comes into play. Well, I want to turn to, uh, the, the poetry also, or I think there may be other pieces, uh, which is the poetry by, uh, Warson Shire that Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier. Um, but I also found, um, the quote, uh, from Malcolm X. I think that that is helpful in kind of, um, kind of nailing down some of what I mentioned and that you kind of painted out really well, right? So, cause I think the specifics of the words, um, mm-hmm. are actually really important. Um, and we, we re- recalled some of them, but I think that actually in, um, going into the speech, right? The direct quote of the speech is the most disrespected in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman, right? So this idea of disrespect, uh, um, lack of protection and neglect. Right. Um, and, 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 and overall that speaks to an idea of, of kind of, um, of, of, of both vulnerability and kind of abuse of, um, mm-hmm. and, and of kind of, 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 of systematic kind of, um, almost, I mean, it's, it's for me also in kind of seeing that it's hard for me. And, you know, we mentioned this word a little bit, and this is kind of in what you were saying, but this idea of most disrespected and most unprotected and most neglected, I think for me is like connects to ideas of intersectionality, mm-hmm. right? It's of, of this ideas of, of the kind of combinations of, how experience and, and, um, and kind of, um, disempowerment or marginalization or, or just, and just, you know, like I was saying, experience are, um, shaped by the, the combination of race and gender and of mm-hmm. kind of, uh, forms of kind of oppression that, that draw on both or kind of operate on both of those. Um, and I, I do think that, um, you know, you mentioned violence and I do think that, um, that daddy lessons, um, uh, is, is important there, as are some of the lines, um, from, um, like, from the poetry as well. Um, and that there 
is a lot, right? That like, you know, uh, there are several instances of fathers, um, in the lines, right? I'll actually read some of those if I can find them and we can talk a little bit about, um, daddy issues, right? So she says, um, very early on, um, the voiceover says, you remind me of my father, a magician able to exist in two places at once. Um, in the tradition of men in my blood, you co- come home at 3 a.m. and lie to me. Uh, what are you hiding? The past and future me merge to meet us here. Um, right. So that's one mention of, of fathers. Um, um, uh, later on, um, and in the time around anger, um, right. She says, my father's arms around my mother's neck, fruit too ripe to eat. Uh, I think of lovers as trees growing to and from one another, searching for the same light. Um, Later on, um, in, uh, the part that is kind of just before daddy lessons, um, she says, you find the black tube inside her beauty case where she keeps your father's old prison letters. You desperately want to look like her. You look nothing like your mother. You look everything like your mother. Film star, beauty, how to wear your mother's lipstick. You go to the bathroom to apply the lipstick somewhere. No one can find you. Um, the fourth instance of father, uh, uh, is, uh, is right before daddy lessons and says, am I talking about your husband or your father? Um, uh, and then, uh, and then the fourth instance, uh, is kind of actually, um, you know, is kind of, um, some snippets of conversations between, um, Beyonce's father and kind of child Beyonce talking to each other. Um, and so, uh, those all kind of lead up to, um, the country song, um, about fathers and about, um, this idea of, um, of, of fathers and violence, right? Kind of mm-hmm. this kind of father as this protector, right? And I mean, I guess, um, you know, my quick reading and kind of summarizing those is that there's this image of, Right. That, that part of what I see in these quotes and in the lyrics of the song, and we can go, go to these, um, read some of the highlight any of these lyrics if they're useful is this idea that there's this, there's a hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. That there's this hypocrisy of this, of a protectiveness, right? So that there's this, there's a kind of harmful protectiveness, mm-hmm. um, that is in, and, and that, that, that is at actually kind of at the heart of the kind of like unprotected and kind of, um, the, 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 the threefold, um, kind of vulnerability that's, um, mentioned in the Malcolm X, um, statement, because it's that you can have protection, right? That, that this is paternalistic protection. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's there in the idea of, of fathers, right? Yeah. And so that there is a, um, a sense of, I'm going to protect you, right? And it's like, um, and, and, and it's all said like, oh, you know, in the lyrics in the song, it's like, well, you know, I have a gun and I'm going to shoot anybody who does m- my daughter any harm, right? Well, and he also suggests to, to her that she should shoot. Right, right. She should shoot when men like me come around. And I, you know, I think that that's interesting too, because, you know, it's like he's the danger and the protector, right? And, and so it also says so Walter White, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and to your point, it puts a lot, it puts a, it's, 
it's kind of hypocritical because it, it's a lot to me like the way we discuss rape, right? right. Like somehow it's up to Beyonce to shoot this shitty person, <laughs> right? As opposed to like just stop being shitty. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say, right? Because the, the other part of the hypocrisy is that, you know, he is being unfaithful, right? That right. He is, he is, and that's there, you know, those images and this kind of awareness of that is there, um, what, along with this kind of like, well, you have to be angry. You have to be violent. You, you have to be stronger here, right? You have to be the one who, you have to be the one to stop it. Right. And it's and, your responsibility to right. stop this. And that, and that creates the cycle, right? That, right. that's this, that is the seed of the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and of, of this, of this thing is that this is a thing that gets passed down, um, from, um, from, from fathers to, da- <coughs> to daughters, um, and, and kind of by proxy or by observation. Uh, to sons and then gets repeated generation after generation, right? I, I mean, that is the seed of this as being structural and is again, it's, it's being kind of betrayed by protectors. Yeah. Right. Um, and kind of, uh, and, and being, uh, kind of unprotected, unprotected through things that seem like protection. I mean, it's such an interesting of like, what is, because like a, because it's, it is, is something that is still not nurturing. Right. That, that is not kind of caring. It is not, um, it is, is not kind of fostering growth. Um, but it is kind well, of. Because it's not, it's not a place to feel safe. Right. You can't feel safe in this environment where like, I mean, it's a lot like the, you know, the S, like, I think a lot of what is said about gun control in general, right? Um, and I think it's like that SNL skit where, you know, everyone is like, there's like kind of pleasant music and everyone is like, very calm and serene because they have guns with them all the time. Right. But you know, it's, this isn't a safe place. This, no one feels safe in this song. Right. Yeah. The dad is telling her to shoot when people like him come around. It's, it's not like a, there's no trust there. There's no safety. Right. And it, it entirely puts the responsibility on her to somehow be like the stronger person and to be responsible here. Um, for her, like, you know, responsible for like the, the violating and the violent actions of someone else, right? And, and the violence that is bestowed upon, the violence and the neglect bestowed, you know, put upon her. Right. But then as soon as she acts on that, then she's crazy. Right. <laughs> no, right. No, I think that's exactly, exactly. And, I, and, and I, that, that leads though to the questioning, right? Mm-hmm. Into all of these things. Um, I mean, it gets back though of, um, of part of why hold up and the video, the video of hold up is so much fun is that it enacts that in this kind of disrupting kind of way, mm-hmm. right? That, um, and again, the video there and it's based on a, um, per, uh, the, there's kind of dr- their inspiration, uh, is drawn from a piece of performance art, um, right? At least the kind of image of Beyonce walking through the streets with the baseball bat um yeah. was based on a earlier performance art uh installation i think from the 90s or earlier right mm-hmm. um that that kind of featured an artist kind of walking in a uh, similar single shot um with a flower i believe um <laughs> uh, in that one um yeah it's a people lodi wrist 1999 installation everything is over um and yeah and i think in that in that sequence it's very similar, like the shot 
it's the shots are very similar and it's a woman in a like a light blue dress hitting the cars what i would say replaces like the sort of split screen of the flower in that is beyonce's dress which kind of creates the like like the yellowy and orangey flower visuals that yeah. were in that screening and has the same almost like flower texture. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think then the, I think the other, I, I didn't watch that whole video, but I feel like something that is, and maybe this is, is in that video. Um, but the thing that really strikes me, I mean, in addition to these kinds of, you know, heightening, increasingly heightened acts of, of like smashy smash, mm-hmm. right? That like, uh, you know, she smashes a car window and then a, 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 like, um, like the, a shop, a storefront, um, a security camera. But the more things she smashes at some point with the, each smash, there's a fireball explodes in the background, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, and that there is a, and, and it, that crosses the line for it being to this like, heightened level of of violence um with it that uh, coming to a um a, a kind of apex and a, i think another element of this visual album that was divisive in our household uh which is the moment when beyonce gets inside the monster <laughs> truck um which i was i was very pro in the in our divided house i was pro monster truck and you were anti-monster truck <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I've still tried to articulate why I was so anti-monster truck shot. Uh, I think part of it was I just felt like aesthetically it looked really off. It looked really like fake. But I don't, other than that, I don't really have like a, a like a leg to stand on or why I don't like it. Right, no, because I think it's like, because, you know, there's a shot where she gets inside the monster truck. Uh, and then there, there's kind of reverse cutting from, um, the monster truck driven presumably by a stud driver and a kind of Beyonce inside a truck cab. Mm. Um, and it's just that, you know, we all know that Beyonce really could be driving that monster truck. And this, you know, that someone has been paternalistically protecting Beyonce from monster truck driving. Uh, and that feels off brand. Uh, yeah. the, you know, let, <laughs> let Beyonce drive her monster truck. Um, cause that, that would be fitting with the overall message of the uh um the the album um and you know and you know and and you know skrillex diplo father john misty uh soldier boy and carino are all all in the um all all in the back seat of this monster truck by the way (laughs) no exactly now i think it's funny that the the, like the idea of the cartoon violence and hold up i i do think yeah, and like she's happy in that video, right? Like here she smashes things in that video and like clearly feels like it's like safe, it's fine. There are no real repercussions, right? She breaks things. There's fire. No one dies. No one's hurt. People just kind of laugh like at, at like the violence that that she brings into this world. But it's like this hermetically sealed world in which you know, you're, one is able to exercise those feelings. Yeah, I mean, in that way, you know what it reminds me of? It's funny that you say this because this is actually what it reminds me of is that this is, um, this is Beyonce's rampage, right? This is the, <laughs> this is the video game rampage, uh, which, uh, features, you know, kind of Godzilla and King Kong like monsters. And the objective of the game is to smash up, uh, buildings, right? And so this is like, this is Beyonce's rampage, um, and, and in which she can kind of destroy and vent, um, consequences 
consequence-free. I mean, I kind of want to talk about kind of consequences and ending. I think a good place for us to end our conversation is on how the album ends, right? Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you a trolling um, uh, question. Uh, I think uh, another question I had in mind was like, do you buy the ending? Um, mm. And, you know, I guess spoiler alert for, I, we should have, uh, you know, for, <laughs> for, for, for Lemonade, but it appears, right, that it ends on a moment of, of reconciliation, right? And, and the, um, um, you know, the last song all night, um, is the second, you know, appearance of, of Jay-Z and specifically of, of some, uh, you know, home, home movies intercut with other couples together being couples, right? Mm-hmm. So that this is a song, um, and there are other elements, right? I mean, that, that this is preceded by, um, and again, another question I almost asked you, and we kind of got to it more though, um, in the in the ad uh was i was about to ask you how do you make lemonade um, <laughs> um because that the the last bit, bit right that the the last script and the the last segment um of the voiceover starts with take one pint of water add half a pound of sugar the juice of eight lemons and and so on and so on and proceeds to explain how to make lemonade um uh, but but says you know there there's several of these pieces right that um you know sp- spinning gold out of this hard life conjuring beauty from things left behind um and later on um right there the line that says um you know my grandma said nothing real can be threatened um true love brought salvation back to me with every tear came redemption and my torturer became my remedy right um um and 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 so i feel like that is really important right that line then kicks <laughs> off um this uh this last song all night um and says you know right and, and actually going back to the things that start this um it says found the truth beneath beneath your lies mm. um and true love never has to hide true love never has to hide um and so that and and it's about kind of right uh later on says our love was stronger than your pride beyond your darkness i'm your light um if you get deep you touch my mind um baptize your tears and dry your eyes right um and so i so i guess you know again the question is like do you buy this you know it's so hard to really answer that because the only way i would really buy it is to hear from jay-z because it kind of comes back to like you know because i think we're hearing from beyonce right and I think it's sort of like, I, I think her view is like, well, there's like a strength in, in being the person who shoots, right? Or there's a strength in accepting mm-hmm. and being like empathetic of yeah. like your torturer and trying to understand these men and like trying to understand the men in your life and like, and being empathetic and finding kind of being able to like to work through those things, right? There, there's an incredible strength there in forgiving, right? And her capacity to forgive. But I think it's not like, it would be satisfying to hear Jay-Z like, you know, say, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. I feel like an asshole. I'm, I was a jerk. I, why do I do this to myself? 
Why do I like? Why do I struggle with having a real partner in my life? But I mean, doesn't doesn't his appearance in uh, sandcastles and his just really really sad 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 face do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. like puppy pu- sad puppy dog Jay Z. Well, but that's the thing. He just looks like a sad puppy dog, and like puppy dogs are they're they're like they're dogs, right? Like they behave like. To stimuli and stuff like it's not like it's not like the real emotional like an emotional like sense of contrition or like growth like or or accountability accountability, right because like accountability rests on being able to give an account of what you did like you can't hold a puppy accountable Mm -hmm. (laughs) um right even if even in a world where you could elect puppies to government and vote them out of office that's still not puppy accountability um because uh accountability requires you know and sometimes people say this like to 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 dogs when when the dog poops uh, on the floor, like you know, what did you do? Look at what you did. And the the dog can't be held accountable because the dog doesn't register, right? And so that I think that in this kind of and you know, accountability is often a, is, is a story not just it is also a public story, right? It is a story. Um, you know, not just that you tell yourself, but that you tell someone else, whether it's it's one other person and, and right. you know, mutual accountability in a relationship or kind of public accountability of between a um a a a politician and, and citizens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a story of us that is is uh, implicit there. And so there's a sense of, you know, because there isn't you know, because this is this message is kind of talking about kind of a strength in this new union that it feels incomplete. Right. Right. And, 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 and weirdly like there, and you know, I think accountability is actually one of the stages that's mentioned here. Yeah, no. And so I think, I think it's interesting you say accountability because it is one of the stages. So, but I think it's, it makes me think about what it means what accountability means, right? And it's not just like the person holding you accountable, but it's also you agreeing that, right? It's, it's a contract, right? It's like a debt. It's like a debt or a contract. It's, you know, there needs to be two promises, yeah. right? There can't be one promise. There can't be one. I expect this of you and nothing, you know, no promise in return, Right. We, it's like, that's where I think the incompleteness is, is like, we need to hear like the, the sort of other side of it. But then as I think about that even more, it becomes hard to like view a relationship as like a kind of constant, like check, like, like balance sheet or like a debt that's being repaid, but like a revolving line of credit being paid back and forth because like no one in love is really thinking of the relationship that way. Right. They're not. You know, I think the relationships that, 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 that suffer are the ones that are keeping these tallies. Yeah. So in that respect, like maybe that is kind of where this like strength comes to, right? That like there's like, there's a strength in it's impossible to keep keeping a tally is like the negative place to live. I think it's also, I think that there's another way of thinking about this is that. You know, because of the ways in which the cultural and discursive balances are so chip, so tipped, is that if Jay Z is even allowed to utter one word, it then invalidates 
the entire, entire album, album. It, like like because like jay-z has one verse um and 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 is able to like no matter what he says that is given like 10 times more weight than everyone than everything that was said and presented and put together right and so that like in fact you you that we have to like reconfigure that mm-hmm. because like you know like like the 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 no, this notion of contracting and mutualism would be nice if there weren't these these structural forms of of power and inequality right but in fact like because that exists then we have to have this kind of incompleteness mm-hmm. um and and we have to like you know we exist within these forms of power and and we can't ignore them we can't pretend that they don't exist right and because even our accountability <laughs> chapter or part is the one that leads up to um to daddy lessons right? right and so there's a sense of like all right we can't ignore that the even if we're trying not to you know shoot and we're trying to break this cycle of violence and paternalism the fact is these this is the repertoire that we have and so there is going to be this kind of one-sided accountability and it's being you know used or kind of surpassed to kind of um to to move to something that is um you know post that um but as a result is can't have that kind of mutualistic recognition because that will be co-opted right right? um at least at least for now right um you know and and it makes me think actually of like the last beyonce album in which jay-z got a verse he had a verse that talked about Tina Turner being beaten. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, like, as I think about it, I'm like, you know what? Jay-Z should not have a word in any of this. Right. They, they, you're talking about his, uh, his verse on drunk and love. On drunk and love. And, you know, I, I think you're right that the, you know, just, like, I mean, I'm being flipped, but honestly, like just, uh, you give Jay-Z the opportunity to put a verse on something <laughs> and, and it's just violence all around. No, it, it's just like, I mean, it, and it's under, and it's undermining. Like, I, I think that, and even if it's not trying to be undermining, mm. it's undermining, right? Yeah, um, it really is. And so, and and with that, uh, not to undermine the conversation that we've had or the conversation that we will continue to have, um, but that uh, the great Beyonce conversation continues, um, right? That uh, and and this is this is really interesting, right? That all three of the you know, um, it's it's very cool to return to Beyonce. Um, it does seem that um, even though we we may cover some albums this uh, quarter that we've not covered uh, artists before, it's striking that the first three of this contemporary turn of Beyonce, um, Frankie Cosmos, um, and, and Kanye are all repeats, right? That we're really going back through the cycle, uh, that, that we've kind of somehow hit the rhythm of the pop pendulum. Um, and so, and I, I think that the Beyonce conversation of all the conversations that ha- are happening musically, culturally, etc., this be, the Beyonce, um, uh, conversation is one of them. And, and again, I, I alluded to this earlier in, in, in this episode that our, um, 2013 Beyonce episode, it was, all music is now Beyonce. And there's a sense that all, uh, all, all, Beyonce is now all music, right? <laughs> and is, is almost everything, right? The, 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 there is, um, a, a kind of sense of this is the conversation, right? That this is going to, this is what is, I mean, it's like the kind of totalizing impact of this is that, um, you know, Friday, Thursday and Friday, 
everybody was talking about Prince, and then everyone stopped talking about Prince. Yeah. And we should keep talking about Prince who passed away, and we should keep talking about Beyonce, and we should keep talking about all of these things. Because um, we are in, I think, some kind of a moment uh, of, um, of, of great pop music and great pop art and great, great discussions about that. Um, so, so please continue this great conversation with us. Um, find us on Twitter at TFT podcast, um, uh, on, on Facebook, uh, theory for turntables, um, on the show notes at overthinkingit.com. Um, because I think that this is, uh, something that even after the hot takes cool, cool down, um, that, you know, that, that I feel like these are going to be easily microwavable. Uh, and these, these takes are going to keep reheating and there'll be new things things uh both from the perspective of the art um and the perspective of of everything uh everything else so um we'll keep that conversation going um and whether you are becky with the good hair uh or rachel ray or rachel roy or rachel or rachel ra uh i know that you will put both middle fingers in the air and keep it real